Thank you for downloading the latest episode of the Mickey Dudes Podcast. Please stand clear as we pay our bills. Are you thinking about purchasing a DVC resale contract? Are you looking to rent DVC points for a future Disney vacation? In need of financing options? If so, check out the one-stop shop, which is the world of DVC companies. The professional staff, with over 185 years of experience, will guide you through your next vacation purchase. Check them out at dvcresellmarket.com, dvcrentalstore.com, and moneroafinancial.com. And tell them Mickey Dudes sent you. The world of DVC, your DVC gateway to a lifetime of magic. Venture outside your comfort zone. The rewards are worth it. Wish Upon a Cookie has evolved into a custom-baked pastry company started in New Jersey by professional chefs turned cookie tears. Their focus is to turn your magical pastry dreams into reality. They offer so much more than a few colors, shapes, and sizes. Their creations are extensions of your inspiration. You can visit them online at their new website, wishuponapastry.com, or on Instagram and Facebook at wishuponapastry. Let your imagination run wild when you wish upon a pastry. And now, from the Monsters Inc. Laugh Floor, it's the Mickey Dudes Podcast. Here's your master of ceremonies, Wazowski. Hello, humans! Hello, humans, and welcome to another fantastic and exciting episode of the Mickey Dudes Podcast. I'm your host for this week, Chuck Fitzgerald, and alongside my good friend and co-host from the Sunshine State that's probably raining in right now, Dave Koch. Dave, how are you this evening? I'm doing good. Uh, actually, it's kind of sunny out at the moment still. Uh, it's it's a rarity for that's a rarity, but it also is uh, 7 p.m. So. The, the rain comes up between three and five usually, so mm-hmm. it comes back out. It's a little cloudy, but you know it, the sun hasn't set yet. But uh, other than that, uh, Mrs. Lincoln, the play was fun. Yeah, other than that, I mean, you know, it, it was good, well acted. Um, it is, however, raining here, so take that for whatever it's worth. Really? Oh, and yeah. by the way, Debbie was sick, so the union sent me. Oh right, yeah, we got uh, we got too distracted about the uh, the play. Yes, exactly. Uh, do you remember what play was being performed? My American Cousin. That is correct, sir. Well done. Well done. So, this week we're going to do another special edition of the Fireside Chats, which we've just kind of been calling shows where it's just the two uh, people where we can just sit down and, and talk about what's new and what's going on in the Walt Disney World. Um, and this week we have... What we're going to call out with the old and in with the new. In other words, we were the only two that were available tonight to record. Right, and Dave is the old and I'm the new. <laughs> so uh, feel- this is actually like an episode of Survivor where, Dave, you have been voted out of the house. Wait, I think I mixed up my TV shows. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, let me go check my Madame Musil. <laughs> But actually, what we are going to talk about this week is the rapidly approaching ending of two of the, well, one of the most beloved fireworks shows in Walt Disney World and the replacement for a very highly loved fireworks show that 
kind of fell flat on its face and ran into COVID. Um, and what we're talking about is the ending of Happily Ever After and Epcot Forever. So, Dave, these both end on October, f- well, September 30th, correct? Actually, no. Uh, from my, my understanding, they um, they end a few days before the new uh, fireworks. And there are a few days where there's not going to be any fireworks in the Magic Kingdom or in Epcot next week. I believe That's, the last... Wow. I believe the last happily ever after is on Tuesday, the 28th. And um, let me do a quick check of the app because I haven't I was originally planning to uh, go to see the last happily ever after. Uh, I'm taking some night classes and it turns out that I have a major assignment due that night. So I had to rearrange my schedule. As a matter of fact, we are recording earlier than we normally do so that I can get to Epcot tonight to see Epcot forever for the last time but while we're while we're on the subject uh chuck talk a bit while i look up to see when the last happily ever after will be performed so what you're saying is fill the airspace got it um so happily ever after you know it is well known as the the show from the magic kingdom it is in my opinion one of the second or third best fireworks shows that disney has ever put out there uh, the musical score, you know, it, it it's fantastic. And the projection mapping that they do with this show really set the bar high. So there are some, there are going to be some very high expectations going into the new show uh, coming out of the Magic Kingdom. Now, we, are, we do know it's a 50th anniversary and new is good. However, me personally, I thought the same thing about Epcot Forever. And it was good up until Aladdin started. But we'll get there. Any luck yet, Dave? Yes, actually. Ah, very good. The last, the last uh, Epcot Forever is on September 28th, and the last Ever After is on September 29th. So okay. that's going to be thing on the 30th. That'll be uh, that'll be an interesting. Well, not really an interesting change. I mean, fireworks have only been back at the Walt Disney World Resort for what eight months? Not even no. six months. No, it's no three. What month is it? Uh, it's three months. So it's they started, in, started in July. So two months. Yeah, well. Yeah, two and a half. Yeah, three, depending on uh, as the yeah. crow flies. Let's go two and a half at the moment. But yeah, no. Well, actually, it's a little bit more than that now. So yeah, approaching three months. Well, the last time I was down there, which was June, I was not able to see any fireworks shows because there were no fireworks shows. Uh, we did kind of see the Cinemagic thing over at Universal, which was good. But, yeah. So, you what we're going to... Go ahead. Apartment with the sparklers. Uh, that's kind of the same thing, right? Yeah, exactly. Do you do you provide music? I could, you know. I got a Spotify account. Ah, very good. Even better. We could make it a salute to all nations, but mostly America. Uh, I believe that title was taken... Let me check. Yeah, I was just going yeah. with the whole thing with the sparklers, so I was just kind of just running with that. Well, but do you have a cannon? As we all know, that is how the best show in Walt Disney World ends, with uh, the Swedish chef tossing a cannonball through the screen. That I do not have at the moment. That's a shame. Gotta work on that. All right, so let's talk about uh, Happily Ever After for a little bit. Let's let's go with uh, your best memory 
of Happily Ever After and are, how do you feel about the new one coming up? So, Dave, we'll obviously start with you. What is your best memory of seeing Happily Ever After? Best memory of Happily Ever After was uh, I was with uh, someone that I uh, have uh, very um, fond feelings for. And um, I actually, you know, in a lot of my uh, time going to... Uh, Disney and everything. I've actually had very limited romantic visits to uh, the park, but uh, this particular night, uh, this person, she lives a little bit far away and uh, she was visiting me for the weekend and I ended up taking her over to uh, have a really magical Disney trip. And, uh, you know, at the end or in the, you know, in the middle of the hub at the end of the, uh, finale you know we just uh, shared this uh, beautiful kiss at the at the at the end right uh, right in the shadow of the partner st- statue so that is my uh, favorite memory of happily ever after well but i am a little yours, hurt well i well here's the thing i didn't want to steal your thunder well no that's not what i'm talking about i'm talking about that evening that you pat and i spent watching ha- happily ever after together that was my second favorite night, but uh, that was—I uh, think that was my—that was my, that was my uh, best laugh during Happily Ever After because it was right after the uh, issues that happened at not uh, at Notre Dame Cathedral, and they have that little scene going on with the Hunchback, which mm-hmm. they basically stole from Disneyland Paris because they needed to shoehorn it in, but just for the uh, projective. Ma- projection mapping they took it from that but the difference is he actually sings in french over there but uh yeah so the castle turns to uh notre dame and you know all of a sudden there's explosions going around around it and everything and i'm like oh so that's how the fire started and pat turns around looks at me he's like too soon dave and then pat never spoke again because that was all the words he could use for that day yes Yes, exactly. He he needed an inhaler after that to uh, just be able to uh, finish uh, finish, finish the out day. the evening. Yeah, you think he's going to listen to this? Probably yeah. not, right? Mm, who knows? Pat, if you're listening, the safety word for us to stop talking about you is banana. I right. rather give it as epifakine. He's not going to get that out of his mouth. He's going to die gonna have to get the inhaler halfway through the word yeah i know but it will be entertaining yeah that's very true um so as far as i go my best memory of happily ever after is pretty pretty cut and dry um as dave you do remember it is the fireworks show that heather and i saw from the uh from the cruise as it was like the boat cruise or the fireworks cruise whatever you want to call it the night that we got engaged um and and you were there for a vast majority of that evening yes i was actually yeah i told you that there was a twitter meetup and uh actually that's kind of what i told heather but uh you're like oh i want to go i'm like hmm there in fact is no twitter meetup yeah, but when I when when you texted me that, I figured out what was going on right away, and I was able to run with that and help you run a little interference to distract her, and then I was able to make my uh, 
very uh, very abrupt and short exit, which pissed Heather off a little bit. <laughs> well, no, it was the fact that I stole her food that was the problem. Oh, well. And Dave just disappeared into the mist. Disappeared and let you go off to do your thing. Yeah, Dave disappeared into the mist. Why there was a fog machine beyond me. Um, but they, yeah, that, that they were uh, they were playing with the idea of creating scare zones because it was a, it was it was close to Halloween, so they wanted to compete with Halloween Horror Nights. It was after Halloween. Oh, okay. Uh, you, you should have just ran with this. It, it was leftover fog from the testing of the scare zones. Yes, that's it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that I mean, there's really nothing better. We had a, uh, a private fireworks cruise, and that's going to be a, a memory that you know will stick with me forever. And did you actually up... did? Huh? On, on that cruise? What? You mentioned that you popped a question on that, then, right? Yeah, I think so. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Well, regardless, we got engaged. I, I asked Heather to marry me on that fireworks cruise, and then um, our wedding song was actually. Uh, happily ever after. Well, like you, for our first dance. It, now, do you guys have uh, a uh, CD copy of that or a digital copy of that, so that you? Uh, I'm sure we have like 300 digital copies of that. Okay, good. Um, but yeah, that I mean, there's really nothing that can replace that for me, like happily ever after. So whatever is coming next, I'm excited for it. We're going to get into that in just a second, but the memories associated with that one are, are just too sentimental to uh, oh, even think about a replacement. Oh, of course. I... Yeah, I, I think now, do you have any happily ever after memorabilia in your home to kind of really help uh, mark that? Uh, I'm moment? sure there's somewhere. I don't know. I'm sure that we gotta have something, right? Yeah. Yeah. Do we? I don't know. I'll go look. Right. Not right. Not right this second. We're in the middle of something. Um. So, what are your thoughts on the replacement? Obviously, there isn't really a ton about it that's out yet. Are uh, you excited? I'm, are you looking forward to it? Like, I'm looking your... forward. To, I'm looking forward to it. But Chuck, I know absolutely nothing about it. I actually chose to not do any homework on it because I want to just be able to go to the park and just be completely surprised so i experience I've, it yeah yeah i've actually the, uh, i won't i won't see it the first night because i couldn't get a uh, reservation at magic kingdom i have a reservation for epcot so i'm gonna go see harmonious the first night uh you know they, they might be able to let they might let you uh park hop that night but i figure it's gonna be such a madhouse that you know what i'm I think I'm better off just going and seeing Harmonious first because, you know, as a local, you end up in you end up in Epcot a lot more than you end up in the Magic Kingdom because it's just such a hassle to get there when you add in the TTC and then getting through the Sea of Humanity. It, it just it gets a little bit taxing. So I actually have to you as as a local, you don't go to the Magic Kingdom as often. You still go every now and then, but it's a lot easier to go to Magic Kingdom when you're on um, on property. You know, buses go right up to there, uh, or if you're staying at a uh, resort uh, that's within the loop, you know, you can take the monorail, you can take the you can take the boat, but it's not as convenient when you drive. So right. you got to get creative. Yeah. Um... 
I get that. Plus, going to Magic Kingdom for that evening, you would be competing with every other vlogger in the Central Florida area. Exactly. So yeah, I reservation later on, and l later on uh, to experience it. I'll uh, we'll probably experience it the next night. Our um, our friend of the show, uh, Miss uh, Florence Porter, actually was nice enough to. Uh, list me on her reservations so that I'm eight was able to get uh, because when it first when uh, the first uh, when they first opened up for the uh, 50th you know with three reservations for annual pass holder you know if I wanted to go other times it was kind of you know to hold a reservation was kind of just not the most convenient thing because for a while, there was times where we were blocked out of the parks for a really long time and couldn't get a reservation. So she was nice enough to list me on her um, on her reservation so that I could uh, at least have park res reservations those days. So mm -hmm. I'm really great. I'm really grateful to her. I'm going to get to uh, see her sometime next week. We'll probably meet a few times in uh, Disney parks uh, and. Uh, we're also going to go over to Universal one day, so I'm actually very excited to be able to uh, see her, and I'm very grateful for the nice little favor she's done for me because... Well, Florence is an absolute gem of a human being, so... Yes, she is. So that does not surprise me. As far as I'm concerned, I'm excited for the um, replacement. I like the new things, but at the end of the day, I'm not going to make a special trip. Um, Heather's actually going down in November to see or excuse me to race the uh, wine and dine and at uh -huh. this 32nd interval I'm not going because there's nothing down there that's really pulling me down there um, I'll see it I'll probably watch it on YouTube if Disney Parks blog does a live stream I will 90% watch that but beyond that that's the extent of my interest in it for right now um, there is something lost in translation when you watch it on YouTube lost in the experience when you watch it on YouTube but We'll see. Oh, uh, all right. Yeah. So let's move. Let's move across the uh, the TTC platform, as it were, and let's head over to Epcot, where, as we had mentioned, Epcot Forever, which was designed to be a temporary show, is departing the World Showcase Lagoon in replacement, or to make room, excuse me, for Harmonious. Now, Dave, what are your thoughts, real high level, of Epcot Forever and the best memory of the show for you? All right. Well, as far as um, Epcot Forever, you know, it was nice for what it was designed to do, be an interim show, also a show to kind of preview the next thing that's going to be coming to Epcot. And I know we have very different uh, views of the ending. And uh, I think mine have uh, changed a little bit, but based on the whole uh, circumstances of everything outside of the bubble, I think my uh, thoughts have changed a bit too, as far as that. But, um, you know, it was still a visually stunning show. Uh, they had to get rid of the kites when they started putting the uh, monstrosity uh, fountains mm -hmm. to so oh that, yeah it has changed right yeah they can't do the kites anymore and you know it's like this really dead uh dead zone area of the show now that just uh 
you know, still, still nice music. I didn't grow up going to Epcot, so a lot of the old, a lot of the songs didn't really hit as much sentimental value as they uh, for me as they did other people. I mean, granted, being a Disney fan, you know, and playing different loops, you know, I've, I've become, I've, I know the music to them, and I've, I've, because of the show, I've actually developed a real appreciation for some of the older songs, like uh, the theme to the land and the song from uh, Universe of Energy and Tomorrow's Child. But um, I never really, so my favorite, my favorite memory actually revolves around something that I never actually got to see, and that's Tapestry of Nations. Uh, I wasn't going to Epcot at that time. You know, I went my first time to Disney in 2010. Mm-hmm. And I had missed Tapestry of Nations, but you know, I have some really good friends down here that love Tapestry of Nations. And after Epcot, uh, I'm, not, I'm sorry, after, not, not after Epcot, but after Illuminations finished, and they finished playing uh, their uh, outgoing music. Uh, they would pl- they would play as people were leaving. They would play the uh, theme to Tapestry of Nations, mm-hmm. and uh, one of my good friends that happen- happens to be my roommate now, Dan, loved Tapestry of Nations. And there's a part of the there's a part of the uh, song that he always had to stop and sing. I'm not going to sing it for you guys because you know my voice, but. Every time he was around, and we were with other friends that loved Tapestry of Nations, you know, they would have to stop and, like, you know, anything I would do, and it was always just like that part of the song came on, they always had to end up singing it. And when Epcot Forever came out, it's that, it's that part, it's the uh, Take the World, but you know, by the future part of it. And they used that part of the song for their a little, uh, homage to Tapestry of Nations and I remember one time being with my good friend Dan and our very good friend Jillian we call we call ourselves the three caballeros and we have we've had this little Facebook chat going for about six years now and uh, they both love Epcot and I remember just uh, you know watching it with them and you know having my arm around both their both their necks at the same time one on each side of me, swaying back and forth as that came, and as, uh, as, as that part of the part of the song came back, and us just belting it out during watching watching the show and everything, and just uh, you know, we're all smiles on our faces. So you know, it's a really nice memory with really close friends. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm a little bit different. Where, you know, Dave, you're very hey, let's jam all the IP into the parks that we can. Um, where I think there's far too much of it, but I'm definitely going to lose this argument to the Disney Corporation because if it can't be made money over multiple channels, it can't go into a park. Um, The beginning of Happily Ever After, or excuse me, uh, Epcot Forever, with uh, the one little spark, that, that intro, was... Chilling, not. I don't know if chilling is the right word. No, I agree. I I got goosebumps listening to that for the first time, whether it be um when the when the show debuted and I watched it on YouTube, or the first time I was able to watch it in the park 
um, for real, it was fantastic. And then, you know, having spoiled it for myself, um, that in the park experience was a little bit ruined because I, you know, I knew Aladdin was coming and I knew, you know, it was like, oh, this is great. Full speed nostalgia right into a brick wall. Um, so everything for Epcot forever, right up until Aladdin starts is my best memory because I do remember going on a lot of those rides as a kid um, with uh, Kitchen Cabaret and, and that show and all of that. It, w it was fantastic. So that that's really where my thought is with this. For Harmonious, I'm hopeful. Um, the thing with Harmonious, though, is it's all going to be Disney IP. So... If it's done right and not just like, hey, here's all the good stuff and then IP, I think that's where my issue was. It wasn't, um, it wasn't a natural transition. It was very harsh. Like I said, it was running full speed into a brick wall. Um, I'm hopeful for Harmonious, which is fun alliteration. But I have to taper my expectations a little bit, I think, and realize what is going to happen. So Dave, what are your what are your thoughts looking forward to Harmonious? Oh, can we also talk about the fountains once we're done with that? Sure. I mean, well, it's going to be mostly Disney. It's a, it's a celebration of Disney IP pretty much. So, I think that it's going, you know, it's going to have its haters, obviously. Um I personally got excited when I heard a whole new world in uh Epcot Forever because you know it's not the actual version of the song. You know they, they take some they take some creative liberties with it. They play they play variations on the tune, and with it it kind of is like okay this is going to be a whole new era of Disney and everything. And I can see why some people might not be necessarily that IP driven in Epcot. I've always been of the idea of okay you know what I'm coming to Disney. You know I understand that at one point. You know, it was only Figment and Dreamfinder. But any ever since I started going there, you know, every time I turn around, you know, I'm seeing Mickey. I'm seeing I'm seeing one of the characters in the park. You know, I as I always said, I lived in France. You know, when I, I would go, I would go to Paris on the weekends. I loved Paris. I I love going through the French Pavilion. But you know, just I I never saw a Belle or Aurora standing on a street corner holding a meeting greet. But you know, seeing Belle and Aurora when I'm in the French Pavilion doesn't necessarily. Uh, it does, uh, I'm not even necessarily. It doesn't diminish my experience. You know, I I, I like the whole Parisian ar architecture. I I like. Think, I always think back to my time in France when I'm there, and I actually when I see Belle and when I see Aurora, and now if I'm you know if I see Remy and or Emile at that point, I'm actually just going to smile and just you know I get my Disney magic and I also get my. Uh, little uh, trans uh, transport around the around the uh, across the ocean so i'm actually kind of excited about you know you know if, if they can if they can mix the innovation of epcot and still pay a nod to the ip at that you know because you know the ip is coming so if they can do it in a way that celebrates both you know I'm kind of curious to see what's going to going to happen with it. So, yeah, and it's curiosity and hopefulness. 
but the fountains are terrible. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of the fountain. I'm excited to see what they do during the show, but even if they are the most breathtaking thing during the show, the fact that they are not movable and they've kind of obstructed the view kind of taints it a little bit for me. Yep, absolutely. That's really all there there is to say. I mean, um, like what they're going to do with the Stargate. uh, I'm sure that's where Zool comes out of, actually. Yeah, probably. There is no Dana, only Zool. Yes. All right. Speaking of the Stargate and stars, and in with the new, we're going to move over to Space 220 while staying in Epcot. Who has soft opened yesterday with wait times exceeding seven hours, I believe, by one report. Um, And to the extent they have actually gone to a virtual queuing system for this restaurant. Um, The official opening date, like the grand opening ceremony, I don't know if it's been announced, Dave, or was that today? I believe that was today. It was today. You're right. Everything blends together. And, you know... Dancing on the ceiling because it's the 21st of September kind of goes in uh, in step, right? I guess so, yeah. All right. Well, anyways, uh, that Earth, Wind, and Fire reference did not go over well. Uh, well I, so I got it. I just um, – I was give, I, I, I actually smiled, and I was letting our, our, our listeners actually just smile onto their own. Ah, very good. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for trying to make me feel better. So Space 220 is open for both lunch and dinner, and we are going to talk about the dinner menu specifically. Now, Space 220 is a prefix menu. Dave, what does prefix mean? Basically, you uh, pay a certain price and you have choices from a menu and you can't deviate. Yes, it means it is $80 per person. $79 actually, but $80 per person. Although... Technically, you can deviate off this menu for a price. Yes, everything is for a price. But regardless, it's $80 per person. For an appetizer, which they are calling liftoffs, a star course, which is your entree, and a supernova suite, which is your dessert. Um, Some highlights from the menu for the liftoffs are Big Bang Burrata. Uh, amazing because I love burrata. Yeah, that's probably going to be the only thing that sounds amazing to me. There's also a Caesar salad, a grain salad, a tartare, some calamari, and a lettuce. Um, and this is where you can add on to your experience that is $80. You have the option of Astro Deviled Eggs for 12 some cauliflower for 17 short rib sliders for 18 some, wait, calamari. Oh. No, I, it looks like you can get a bar menu. Is that right? So basically, so I guess I guess that might be a bar menu, but it looks like on there, you know, if one. So if I wanted to actually get now, they're calling these flight bites. So if I really wanted to do like if you technically wanted to like add to your meal. You can get the starry calamari, and you can also get, I believe, the cauliflower. Yep, that's correct. As as one of your options as the as the lift off, and then because it's also on the flight bite menu, so I'm assuming that is some type of uh, bar menu. Bar menu, yeah. Yeah, but you know, you could also order. So you know, it's there. So I would just order one of those as my main menu, and then 
I would either get the deviled eggs or the chicken on waffle. The chicken on waffle does look good for eighteen dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Or the New England lobster roll as a as a side on that. But yeah, I I was looking at that like, wait a minute. But I didn't even think of the the idea of that would be a bar menu. But that makes perfect sense. No, neither did I until I said it. I talked myself into that one. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. Um, so back to the prefix menu, the star course, which is the entree includes short ribs, chicken, bolognese, uh, some filet mignon, which you could add 10 shrimp or a half lobster too for nine or $15, uh, Florida red snapper, uh, some, it looks like X two duck, which looks like it's duck two ways. Uh, and then some salmon. Uh, so it's kind of a limited menu, and then you can supplement any of those. For with more money. A, what was that? For more money, of course. Because yeah, supplement it's... any of those for more money with a one and a half pound baked whole lobster stuffed with crab, or a twenty-four ounce bone-in ribeye, uh, which is eighteen dollars. And the lobster is twenty dollars extra. So on top of your prefix. Um, and then there's the option for dessert, and this is what differentiates lunch lunch from dinner is the dessert. Is, and lunch, I believe, is $55? Yes. And there's not even a option right now on the Disney website that doesn't even look like they're serving dessert. That for might lunch. be a, Yeah. It might be that you could order it a la carte, but even, even as far as the menu, it doesn't even look like you have the option to order it. Right. Well, let's see if any of these desserts are worth... $24 carrot cake, which I'm assuming is going to be a slice, not the whole cake. Chocolate cheesecake, same assumption. Lemon mousse, don't think it's an actual mousse. Sticky toffee pudding cake, once again, slice, not whole cake. Or the $24 main idea between lunch and dinner, or main star, gelato and sorbet. It would be $25 to get yourself some ice cream. Please yeah. think before you buy on this one. Yeah. Um, if you must go here, go for lunch. You know, yeah, you can go, go for lunch. And just before we get off to the lunch topic, uh, there is a kid's menu. It's $29. We're really not going to go into that because, Dave, we don't have kids um, together or separate. Uh, and they will not give adults the child drink. Just fun fact. Also, by the way. You could also continue to upgrade to your meal by adding some satellite sides. Yeah, yeah which are French potatoes. fries. Yeah, like, you have roasted fingerling potatoes, fried potato wedges, Brussels sprouts, or broccolini, each respectively. So the, the potatoes and broccolini, $9. Uh, for a dollar more, you get Brussels sprouts. For $8, you can get the potato wedges. Yeah. So basically steak fries. And then, obviously, there's a ton of alcoholic options and non-alcoholic options and dessert drinks. If you want coffee, $4. Yes. And um, one of the big things about that that you see is uh, the non-alcoholic the non, uh, drinks, they get you that way, too, because they come with a set of collectible trading cards. So if you must have all of those, you're going to keep coming back. I mean... We're we're actually running out of time here, but so real quick, Dave, are you going to go to Space 220? Eventually, I think that. Okay, yeah, that's a good answer. Well, 
and will I do it? Will I do it in the next uh, six months? Probably not. And if I do it, it's definitely going to be lunch. You know, and it's going to be one of those things of okay, people mm -hmm. are in. Oh, wait a minute, uh, a reservation open for this place. You know what? Why not? You only live once. Yolo. Am I actually going to make a plan to actually go here? No. If the opportunity shows up. I will, or if it's not really being uh, visited by most people, and eventually they offer it to my cast member friends at their forty percent discount, and we and they decide to bring a whole bunch of people there, then yes, I'll go. But am I am I uh, basically just waiting in line to go there now? No, I'm not. I'll get there eventually. I live here. Yeah, but, um, kind of the same for me, minus the I live here part. Mm-hmm. Um. I'll get there. I'm not making a special trip. I mean, the lunch menu looks better. It's got a burger. It's got some tuna. Uh, what looks like macaroni and cheese uh, with a sausage. What? No. All right. It's like a pasta with red sauce. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Meh. Yeah. Um, I'll get there. To, to what you said, Dave, it's only if I'm there and there just happens to be a reservation. Yeah. All right. So that brings us to the end of this week. Do you have anything else to add, Dave? I will add that I'm curious to see, like, the whole um, the way that they're going to do the virtual reality um, windows and all that, because that's probably the closest I'm ever going to get to Star Cruiser with that technology. So. You know, I am I am curious to see the visuals of the restaurant, but you know, aside from that, meh. but are you seventy nine dollars curious? No, no, I'm not. Hmm. Now, if um Disney really messed up and they gave me a fifty dollar gift card as a way to appease me, and then I you know I want to you know and. I add, a, I add, you know, I paid twenty nine dollars out of pocket and used my gift card. Then maybe. So you'd be twenty nine dollars curious, not seventy nine dollars curious. Exactly. That's a, that's a fair price, I think. Yep. All right. So that brings us to the end of this week. Uh, normally we would go around the horn and tell uh, tell people where you could find us, but it's just the two of us. So Dave, I'm gonna kick it over to you. Where could you be found on the internet? Best place to find me is on Instagram at Figments Reality. I'm also on Twitter there, but I'm really not that active. But maybe I'll start tweeting. We'll see. Okay. I could be found on the Twitter machine at Chuck in the Chat. You could find all of us on Facebook at The Mickey Dudes. You could find us on Twitter at The Mickey Dudes and Instagram at The Mickey Dudes Podcast. So thank you all for joining us this week. We will see you all next week. Dave, go enjoy your fireworks. Thank you, Chuck. Have a magical day, everyone. listen to another exciting episode at the mickey dudes podcast you can find the mickey dudes on facebook at the mickey dudes podcast and on twitter at the mickey dudes if you enjoyed our podcast please share the love on stitcher or itunes thank you for tuning in and we'll see you again real soon